And Triforce Podcast. You try to sit on the couch because there's no cooking. Dare I say it's going plus ultra. In 2005, Disney was not looking good. Jody Whitaker there as a Jedi. Maybe one Lyndon Ashby. Good luck promoting that game after you're done making it in heaven, man, you know? Would you like to sit on the couch now that I've eaten all the cookie? Would you like to sit on the couch here? There's no cookie involved. Hey, you had a cookie, though. Yeah, I've eaten the cookie. I can still smell it. We are live. Oh, we're live. No way. So, welcome, Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers fans. This is a Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers Media Network production of the Triforce Podcast. And try to sit on the couch, because there's no cookie. And while Link uh, is trying to get a cookie, we do want to steer you all in the direction of us. Triforce Podcast, I'm Matthew Beekrell, the Madman. To my left is Stephen Beekrell, big brother. On the floor being, uh, you know, pain in the ass as ever, as ever, is Link, the hero of time. And to my right is Christopher Bristow, the old man. So, uh, we have another Triforce upon us, and uh, man, we have... A lot involved here uh, this week because we're getting ready for the uh, 100th podcast for Purjangers and Wallers. Yeah, we're getting up there, man. What number would this be? On, uh, this is number 99. 99. So the next podcast you see us uh, on will be the Triforce podcast going live at the Game and DVD Exchange in Media PA on State Street. If you want to uh, pop up there, we definitely welcome you, and we want to see everybody uh, popping up. Uh, we will be hyping. This is pretty much just a hype event for the Comic-Con that's coming up April 18th. Mark has graciously invited us to do uh, to help him with his Comic-Con event, and as you know, as a thank you for everything that he's done to us, we're more than happy to oblige. Well, for us. He hasn't for done us. anything to us. He has not touched us. I'm just saying. Where, where's, the doll, where, where's the doll? Where's the doll? Where he touches? He is a con man. He is a con man. Um, <laughs> so, with that being said, you know it's all about Delco love. So, yeah, man, it's gonna be a great time. And, and we want to get like his events out there and spread the word, and you know, and just have that mutual admiration for each other. Yeah, man. So that's gonna be coming up. Um, hopefully, Matt Kennedy with the Black Opinionated Podcast, part of the Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers Love Balloon, will be there as well. I know he's definitely planning on being out there for the Comic Con. Well, uh, we we'll, will have I'll Twitchy Wilson him, uh, as it gets closer. Yeah, we'll have Twitchy Wilson in here live as well, and uh, it's gonna be a great time, one and all. So we want you to go to pjnwh.com to check out all of our latest podcasts, and uh, you can find them on the SoundCloud, and uh, you can find everything about us as well as contact us. Leave us your name, your number. Where to find you at? Where to collect money? No, just leave us your message. Let us know. Do you have an idea for an end segment for Dry Force? Do you have some kind of crazy uh, car thing that happened for Lug Nuts? Or maybe you have an idea and you just want to be on a podcast. You want us to review a movie or go out and see one and do a, a, a movie review. Absolutely. If you want to do a podcast of your own, we could help you with that. Absolutely. Like so many people that reach out to us that might want to do that. 
And then we have Drip Studios. So well. here, it's a new updated Rip Studios website. My buddy Joe Palladino, uh, Rip Studios, and you scroll down a little bit, you'll see his goal. His goal is to help his clients reach an audience using the last in, uh, the latest in social media services, whether it's website, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, his goal is to uh, give your company an engaging presence online. So he did stuff with Motorgator. He did uh, stuff with Ilphonic with the Friday the 13th game with their community management. Obviously, creator, writer, director, producer, and editor on a little web series called Tales from the Morgue. And uh, he's also Cultist Black. He's the web designer, store, so, uh, you know, social media, videos, all that. He's a really great web presence. And if you'd like to talk to him, go to ripped-studios.com and check out their services there. Because he's a really great guy. He helped us make our website. And he's helping us every day, every chance he can. So I definitely want much to shout love, him out love. there, man. Especially Ultimate Walljanger Joe. So tonight, in the nerdy news... My Hero Wows, Disney picks a new Bob, Corona takes down GDC, Jack is back, uh, Bethesda is surprised, and Riot reveals Project A whole. Ah, I added the whole. But tonight in the nerdy news, we get into it. Um, My Hero Academia. The Heroes Rising, wows at the U.S. box office, Exhibitor Relations took to Twitter to confirm that the movie scored big within $5.1 million for the weekend and $8.5 million since its Wednesday debut. Uh, the second film has already beat the first movie, which made $6 million total in 2018. Yeah. Plus Ultra Serial. All the merch is going to be well out there and everything. Mm-hmm. That's down in FYE. Um, and, and, and now this... Anime movie, a movie about an anime, scored number four in the box office this weekend. Going up against Sonic, going up against, you know, like 1917 still out there, you know, uh, Academy Still some heavy hitters out there. Heavy hitters out there, and My Hero Academia, an anime, scored fourth in the box office. That's massive. It shows that the the culture of, like, everything is coming up. And the medium is actually being taken serious. It's it's a wonderful thing. Dare I say it's going plus ultra. <laughs> That's right. That's why I wear the hat. Smile on your face? Absolutely. Smile much? But I really like to point out when stuff's going good. I definitely want... I'm going to be checking out Heroes Rising. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Love Balloon member Teddy Schools in our chat loved to try and spoil... Certain uh, moments in that movie already for us. Yeah, we just we just tell him to shut up. <laughs> so I, I wanted Teddy, to call. We love him out. you. We, yeah, love, we you. love you, Teddy. But shut the fuck up. You're you're about to, you're about to get like pummeled beyond recognition. <laughs> if if you were in front of me right now, I would give you a stunner. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely go out to the theaters and check out My Hero Academia: Heroes Rising and uh, our next story, Disney. Picks a new Bob. Uh, Disney picks out Bob! a new CEO, Bob Chapik. Uh, Bob Iger is stepping down, and he's going to be an executive chairman and helping Chapik learn the ropes uh, creatively. How about Bob up and down in the water? Is he been no? But no. Michael Eisner was like eighty-five to two thousand five, two thousand five to twenty twenty. Now is Bob Iger. 
Bob Iger has easily brought in um, massive deals Mm. for Disney. He had not only the Fox merger, he had the, uh, you know, acquiring Marvel, Lucasfilms, Pixar, Mm. all of which are now culminated on Disney+. Plus. Yes. So he's really brought in a lot for Disney. They started off with fifty-five billion as their, you know, credit coming in. Now two hundred fifty-six billion. You know, it's he quad more than quintupled their earnings, and he's stepping down, making sure Bob Chappick, and he has said that this is the guy for the job, uh, Bob Chappick. While Disney announced this Tuesday that he was going to secede Bob Iger as CEO, he's been with the company since 1993. Recently, in 2018, he was chairman of Disney Parks, Experiences, and Products. And uh, he's seeing a $2.5 million increase in his salary for jumping on up there to CEO. Oh, really? Poor guy. An extra 2.5 mil? Must be hard. He's but uh, apply for food stamps. <coughs> Iger says that he'll be Sorry. focusing on the creative Sorry. side of the business, including Hulu and Disney Plus, trying to get Chappic up to speed by uh, December thirty first, twenty twenty one. Iger's biting the pole. <coughs> <here. coughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you missed Dis- it. Uh, December. Oh, uh, December. 31st is when he's officially taking control of the company in 2021. So it'll be interesting to see how he helms the whole Fantastic Four, uh, X-Men merger in the end of the universe. Yeah. You know, that's why Iger's really concerned with, you know, Hulu and Disney mm-hmm. Plus because those are the two platforms they're going to be putting stuff out on plus the movies. So while streaming is a really big central focus for a lot of the media that we're getting into with them and Disney... Um, I really think that this guy, if Bob Iger, the guy who solidified all these deals, he was the head chairman under such a marvelous reign for Disney and really brought them back from the brink. Yeah. In 2005, Disney was not looking good. No. They were no. not looking good at all. And then they just turned everything around and became a major, dare I say, empire. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you dare. Can't sing the song because of copyrights. But <clears throat> I definitely wanted to point out that, man. We got a different Bob. What about Bob? Um, Up and down so, like, what happened in 2005? With, I mean, the Pirates movies were, were well and underway. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you, you know, <clears throat> Bob Chappick is going to be helming all the... Uh, Going to be humming all the, all of the Disney stuff with the CEOing and uh, scroll up there. Let's see what the uh, so since November they've actually Disney Plus has gained twenty eight point six million paid subscribers Ooh. and uh, really we'll have to see where this goes into twenty twenty one because that's Iger's biggest priority as to where he's going, uh, where Disney is going in the future. And they have a lot of stuff with Phase 4, Phase 5 with Marvel, Star Wars, especially. God, I wish we had Star Wars news. Like the next story, Marvel has got some stuff going on. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings may be showing our first mutant. Okay. 
So reportedly, Wizkid is going to be the first mutant, one of the first mutants shown in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Insider Daniel Reitman reports that Wizkid will appear in Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and will be explicitly portrayed as a mutant, and uh, the first since the Fox merger. Uh, Rogue is set to be reportedly introduced in Captain Marvel two, possibly as a villain. Okay. At first, Shang-Chi's release is set for February 2021. Now, you may be asking, Matt Man, who the hell is Wizkid? Wizkid is the alter ego of Takashi, or Taki, uh, Matsuya, a dyslexic computer genius confined to a wheelchair who possesses techno-forming powers. That's not EDM. He can make machines with his mind. Okay. So it's a different kind of techno. Okay. Different kind of dyslexia. Yeah, and he can uh, creating the machinery with his mind. He's uh, not only the not the only uh, mutant rumored for this movie. Also rumored that Psylocke may be showing up for a cameo as well. So, so we already had Psylocke once in what? Uh, we have Eternals and Black Widow this year, okay. and then we have Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Shang Chi, and the Legend of the Ten Rings is next. Okay. That's the next thing showing us into this. Now, we know Captain Marvel 2 is coming up. We know a lot of stuff is coming up. Loki, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, all this. But, knowing that in the cinematic universe, you can start to see mutants around Shang-Chi, that really brings me hope for where they're going with this cinematically. Uh, so, we'll I have to see if it's true. I can't wait to see, like, it just... Just the next part of this phase and seeing the start and the kickoff of it. So, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic, is what I usually say. Exactly. It's exactly where you should be. Now, the next story you should be optimistic about Star Wars drops a trailer for The High Republic. There's going to be books and comics. Play that beautiful bean footage, uh, go full screen on it, and yeah. then just mute that. Next music. So, here we see their rendition of the High Republic. The galaxy is at its height, with the Jedi being the ultimate uh, you know, protectors of peace and justice throughout the galaxy. We're not going to see any Sith. It's going to be Jedi, and somebody they're calling the Neil, uh, which are going to be space pirates. Okay. Because you got to remember, at the, um, the Phantom Menace, nobody believed the Sith still existed. They thought the Sith were wiped out. They were, you know, they were done. So whether we could see a High Republic movie showing the extinction of the Sith into, you know, other things that culminate with the books here that they're going to do. Obviously, that Star Wars has always had a good book and comic uh, presence going, which really fuels the, you know, the fandom. Hmm. And all of them got together at the Skywalker Ranch to really discuss where the High Republic is going to be going. And, uh, you know, this is set hundreds of years before the Phantom Menace in a period to where, you know, the Jedis, they're the true guardians of peace. There's no Sith antagonist. So you're betting you're and gambling on the, you know, the space pirates and just the whole Jedi lore, the f- fear of falling to the, Je- uh, to the dark side. Yeah. The producers are saying that you're going to see what Jedi are actually afraid of. 
and it's promising, especially you get some books, some comics. Now, they did. there is no indication whether there are any animated or live-action films in the works currently. So uh, the execs say that, uh, that were on hand at the event said that the novels and the comics will serve as a bridge to that, and the Star Wars the High Republic books will start to go on sale in August. Okay. So, this is the beginning of a new chapter in the Star Wars franchise. We're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of Jedi. We're also going to see their new premise for the Space Pirates, which are the Nil. They're starting to show here with their concept art. You know, you see a lot of Jedi, very classic robes. Um, you know, the kind of Count Dooku lightsaber he had on his, mm-hmm. you know, his uh, thigh there. And they're really taking the time to really think of where this could go. You're obviously going to see Master Yoda. Yes. He's 900 years old when he dies. He's obviously still there in the High Republic, a much younger man. See him, you know, a lot more vibrant in the Force, maybe a little bit more dumb. You know, not the all-wise-knowing Master Yoda. All-wise-knowing Yoda. You know, that would be interesting to see where they're going with this. And I'm really interested with the High Republic because it's a part in the fandom that we don't know about. So it's definitely something that I want fans to, you know, keep an eye out for. But, you know, especially with the pirates that they're showing here. Like, that's not something that we've really seen. You've seen the bounty hunters. You see the Gungan in there. And the Twi'lek, you see a lot of different characters you're familiar with, but still, they're pirates. They're it's like a whole clan of like you know, it's like an opposite force opposing the Sith that you have to deal with. So there's a lot they can go here. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a, it's just another version of evil that they're battling. Jody Whitaker there as a Jedi, the Doctor. Yeah. Obviously, the Doctor is a Jedi. <laughs> Which uh, you will be able to look forward to another spoiler alert coming, which is spoiler alert: Doctor Who season twelve, twelve or thirteen. All right, I don't know. wonderful. The recent season of Doctor Who, we did a spoiler alert, and you see here a lot of Jedi, man, a lot of a lot more, a lot of promise in the Force, not cloudy, and uh, very crystal clear here. I like the way that they're going. The potential, like I, I see, like the fear of the unknown, because at least with the mm-hmm. Sith. You had a definitive enemy. Yeah. So now, I'd like know. to see a lot more guerrilla warfare, to where you see like a kid plays a you know a grenade on a Jedi and run away, causing mass panic. Give me some of that realism that the Jedi would have to be like if you're a keeper of peace, walking into Iraq. You know what I mean? Give me that kind of Jedi perspective. Kind of like Tony Stark was when he first yeah. became Iron Man. Yeah, man. Give me that realism, and that will hit home. That's what I think Star Wars is. They're stuck in the fantasy, that they can't add the realism into it. So we'll have to see what the, how it turns out in the future. This next story is promising as well. Netflix, The Witcher Season 2, has cast their Vesemir. And no... It's not Mark Hamill. You can actually scroll down and see who it is, but since none of us will remember who the fuck this man is. Oh, that guy. <coughs> that guy. Kim Bonin. Never heard of him before in my Bonin. Bonin. So Kim Bonia. Bonia. Kim's gonna Bonia. Um, rumors have been swirling around this for months. Is right who? Right uh, who will be Geralt's 
mentor, Vesemir. The role was reportedly offered to Michael Keaton and Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen was in Doctor Strange as the big daddy with the black eyes. Michael Keaton would have been good. I, I know. But they both turned it down. No. And they went with the Danish actor, Kim. Uh, Kim Bodinia. And he's best known for his TV series, uh, award-winning TV series, The Bridge and Killing Eve. Which was that Sandra O oh one commercial that popped up during Doctor Who. So he's on that as well. And we'll have to wait until 2021 to see how he will do as Vesemir. He definitely looks like Vesemir. I still wouldn't have him. Everybody did. Well, yeah, but still, yeah, he well, looks he like no. a better choice. Like, you scroll up to the picture of Vesemir from Witcher 3. Yeah. He looks like Vesemir. That's a good casting choice, right? Kind of what you want. Yeah, you wanted Mark Hamill, but Mark Hamill didn't really fit that Vesemir look. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Mark Hamill can chameleon into anybody. Yeah, but this isn't like that fucking Dan Aykroyd movie where you gotta wear a face mask on there. What was that? Uh, where it was the the house and I don't know. Next story. I don't. I don't. Monster Hunter. Uh, Monster Hunter movie teases uh, two new posters. The poster shows Tony Jaa as the hunter uh, with a great hunter's bow and Mila Jovovich as Lieutenant Artemis wielding a great sword, the giant's jaw blade. In a desert setting based off of Monster Hunter World's Wildspire Wastes area, uh, the director is Paul W.S. Anderson. Do you know who he directed? Who? Maybe one Lyndon Ashby uh, uh, of Mortal Kombat. Tying uh, it back down there for you wall dangers that have been around for a while. Lyndon Ashby was Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Directed Mortal Kombat, Resident Evil, yeah, I don't and even have to try anymore. Event Horizon, which is a great movie. Force it <laughs> Giggity. Um, but Event Horizon was a great movie. And if you click on the page, you can oh, actually yeah, see really good up. I already showed the images. Yeah. You and you can see, it's the desert area. This, this, is, nice where you, this is when you were looking down. Yeah, nice badass blade. If I will say. That's very Monster Hunter-esque. But it's yes. really dependent on the story that they're going to tell with this. Um, you know, having this guy who's Mortal Kombat. First Mortal Kombat, obviously, being a very cult classic film. It was one of the few video game movies back in the 90s. And the first Resident Evil wasn't bad. It was pretty good. First Resident Evil wasn't a bad movie. No, it was not. It was a hit. So we'll have to see how that one goes. Demetrius Giggity. Yeah. (coughs) Next story. Ultimate Walljanger Meech. Or as he's known, Big Daddy Meech. He's known by you. No, that's that's an inside joke at work. Oh, okay. It's because it came up. That's what he had on his phone, and it came up on a, a customer's or on a loaner car when he was pulling up a loaner car, and the customer was like, "Who's Big Daddy Meech?" <laughs> so it was very awkward. <laughs> like this transition. The Konami Code, which is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B A B A select start. So, the Konami Code um, creator, Kazuya uh, Hashimoto, has died at the age of 61 years old. Is that what that tweet says? Yeah, it's in Japanese, though. 
Yes, yes, it's very Japanese there, but that's yeah, what that I says. Yeah, I can tell. So, uh, the game developer um, was... It, the news was shared Wednesday on social media by Yoji Takamuchi, uh, the composer who worked with Konami in the past, saying that... It's a little bit broken English here. Uh, but he worked with Konami in the past, saying, we pray for... Uh, we pray of the souls and hope Hashimoto will keep making games in heaven. I don't think that's how that works. Okay. He was also famous for Best wishes! Good luck promoting that game after you're done making it in heaven, man, you know? He was also famous for another another, uh, code for Konami. So the code was up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, which was first used in a console port to Gradius, where the player took control of a spaceship and took on waves of enemies. Uh, Inputting the code would unlock power-ups, and the code was also used in games like Contra. Contra is when the code became more famous. Gradius was more... uh, Gradius was released first. It It was a very good space shooter game. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a side-scroller space shooter. Uh, yeah. Same kind of in the vein of Contra. It's just that, you know, instead of on land, you're on, you know, you're in space shooting shit. Now, it's also appeared in Fortnite as well as the Google Stadia controller, which, if you remember... Is on the back. Of it's the on the back. The code's in there. But that's just like a throwback to say, hey... We love gaming. Yeah, but other game developers have added the Konami code in there as an Easter egg throughout the years, which... Because it's, it's no longer copyright. It's the end of... <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course that. But it's also... That's the end of an era, man. The guy the guy who created that code. The Konami and code... And young, too. 61 in this day and age is still young. Even oh, yeah. For Japanese. And you knew... They you lived were, to be 150. You knew you were dealing with a nerd when you knew somebody who knew the Konami code. Yes, it was almost like a secret handshake. You know, there's codes in the Nintendo area that, that, era that you you remember. One yeah. is the Konami code. That is the that is the staple. Two mm-hmm. is if you played the Ninja Turtles arcade uh, game for the Nintendo. Yes. B A B A up down B A left right B A select start. Was Sonic, also done by Konami. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic there was Genesis, but. I'm so talking Nintendo the Genesis. Era. The Genesis code was up down, uh, left, up, up down, up left, down, right. up down, left, right, left, right. B A B A start. That yeah. was a level select. No, it, that, it was up down, left, right. A B C start. Not for Genesis. No, Genesis. Was, so they had two look. buttons. And then Genesis two, buttons. two had. No, Genesis did. Genesis have three had buttons. three. Yeah, but it was the up down, up down, you left, can, right, left, right. You B, can look A, it start. up. I'm it's pretty fun. sure it was that one. But I, it, I don't but think it matters at this then, point. Cheat codes aside, the other one that uh, Walljanger uh, Eric knows is the code for uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 for the <laughs> weapons. Yeah, I remember doing the... the yeah, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. With the and, bumpers, yeah. And then Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for the Nintendo era. If you don't... Yeah, it's 007 Back when you had to have a long code and a piece of paper handy, like, write this code down! But, like a Nintendo fucking World smart. War II code breaker. Zero, zero, one, three, seven, eight, nine, four, two, eight, seven, J! 
Uh, Roger, Roger, what's your vector victory? Is that a J? <laughs> There's no J. It might be an upside down seven. I don't know. Like, you had weird fucking codes in there in the early NES days. Yeah, like Simon's yeah. Quest for Castlevania. Yeah. Simon's Quest 2. Uh, uh, well, Simon's Quest Castlevania 2. That that was a, uh, a code version as well. That, that, it was, that game was hard. Well, I got to tell you, there's a code definitely in this next uh, story, which is not so pleasant. The coronavirus got sweeping the world by storm has actually caused developers to pull out, giggity, of the 2020 GDC Game Developers Conference and cause them to reschedule. Uh, they plan on announcing the rescheduled uh, date once they have finalized with their partners, but this year's GDC will be propo- uh, postponed from March to the summer in wake of all of the in wake of there being a plague. Yeah, all developers and literally all developers have practically said: Epic, Unity, Activision, Amazon, Facebook, Xbox, PlayStation. Kojima, everybody said. So, elect, uh, EA, yeah, we're not going to go. EA's, EA's still going. <laughs> no, I think even EA said no. But damn, maybe they would actually produce better games. But they, uh, all the developers decided to pull out, and organizers say that registered conference and expo attendees will receive full refunds for their badge per- uh, purchases. Conference speakers will be able to make their planned GDC presentations available for free online to the uh, GDC YouTube channel and the GDC Vault. So we'll still get announcements that they want announced, but it'll all be online instead of everybody rallying around each other. And as well as the Game Developers Choice Awards will be streamed on Twitch the week of the event would have taken place, but since all developers pulled out, nobody's going to be there. Obviously. Nobody's going to be there to accept the awards. A sad announcement, but not so sad, is the next story, which is Adult Swim. They have announced a little game called Samurai Jack. Full screen that bitch. Oh, you know my man Jack? Oh, Jack was all like... Because that's when the first episode, that's where Samurai Jack's name came from. It was slang. That Jack was just slang. And yeah, man, we're getting another one. A nice anime game. Um, The This looks like a lot of fun. Project is a joint project between Adult Swim Games and Seoul, which is a Japanese game developer, who are familiar with anime games. They made uh, Naruto to Baruto, Shinobi Striker, and uh, some of the team have actually worked on Ninja Gaiden. So we got a lot of great talent in here, game developer-wise, which this is coming summer 2020, man. I really dig Samurai Jack. The series wrapped up in, I believe, 2017, and this is going an epic untold story of Samurai Jack's adventures that ties in with that series finale. And uh, the release is later this summer, so you're going to check it out on all major platforms, man. I'm really happy looks, for Jack. It looks, it looks good. Next story. Cloud Chamber confirms Bioshock 4 will have an important game feature. While it may seem obvious and silly... They are going, the new game will utilize the first-person camera for the gameplay mechanic. New job listing states to look for a game designer who is a guru and ready to and willing to take ownership of the player character core mechanics 
controls and first-person camera. While the game's several years away still, reported by Cloud Imperium, uh, not Cloud Imperium, Cloud Chamber, too many clouds. Um, there's no release date as of yet, but it's still said that they're going to be incorporating, ugh, it sounds nasty when I say it, live service elements. Uh, if it's done right, let's just let's just backtrack a little bit. If it's done right, like live service elements could have been like in like Xenoverse two. Yes, it could also be Fallout seventy six, which I we don't want. Yeah, it could be Elder Scrolls Online. It could be Kotor, or you know the Old Republic Online. It could be something that will give you an online element, which will just make you you know. Uh, feel even like deep, go to more a special area to, to have multiplayer, like you know, but not have to go through your menu. Yeah, it's just I really don't want them to fuck up this game because Bioshock is a beloved franchise. Bioshock as just an IP in general, knowing that they're keeping beloved. the first person perspective is great. Good because they're not shaking everything up there. Just watch what you do with the live services. Oh yeah, it will be tough to beat that last one. Yeah, the last one was. Really, Infinite, good game. Was, Infinite was a very good. Oh game. my god! So and a very trippy story too. Oh yeah. yeah, and you could go back and play it again. A great, all the little details. Platinum and the DLC level game. for it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a great platinum level game that you know it's going to be hard to really top. To go back and play again. But several several years from now, in the time loop, we will actually be saying, "Man, remember that game? Man, that was a good game." Hopefully, the next story. Bethesda is surprised. They're surprised at how uninterested players were in Fallout 76's PvP element, player versus player. For some reason, Senior Vice President of Global Marketing and Communications, Pete uh, uh, Pete Hines, told U.S. Gamer they were a little surprised how few people wanted to take part in the PvP events and how many more were interested in the PvE elements together. You don't say. I know. So, players wanted to work cooperatively together more than, you know, I actually find this shocking being it comes <coughs> out of the internet. Yeah. Yeah, because it's coming from the internet. This just, you know why this really surprises me? Because everybody's an asshole in the internet. No, the, yeah. the well, developers. Yeah. That's why it surprises It surprises me, me that developers of the game were, don't know their game enough. Yeah, you can't be more far That's more why this game failed. You don't know your own game. You are so disconnected yeah. from your user base, you have no idea. It really feels like that. And yeah, I love Fallout. Fallout 3, Fallout 4, great yes. games, great DLC. Fallout 76, I can't get behind. Live service... is really, 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 really bad. Live service be damned. Like, games that are hybrids that try to be an MMO and, uh, and its own... Its own niche, yeah, tend to fail. They have that tendency to fail because so, they, they don't know what they want to be. Here's the yeah. thing: Heinz also mentioned how the Wastelander update coming in April is only the start of the changes, and suggests the reinvention is comparable to El- Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, we'll which see. that's what he hopes, but. I don't. That is know, that is the benchmark they're trying to get. But you're not going to get that. You, you Elder cannot. Scrolls has its own dedicated following. Some, they have a lot of depth, and there is some type. There is some bleed over because 
There are, there are some players that will play it because it's the it's the studio making it, yeah, or or the or the publisher providing it. But Elder Scrolls Online is literally the entire continent. Correct. You could take it from one place and just walk to the other yeah. edge of the, and then walk to Skyrim, and walk yeah. all the way down back to Morrowind, right. and all the way over to Hammerfeld. And but the the user base for Elder Scrolls. Is is more niche than I would say Fallout. Is. Yeah, well, they're still along the same vein. Yes. Yeah. It's they, they run along the same. But Elder Scrolls Online is yeah. still going strong. It is, and it's, it's the got same the, thing their like, events are just as strong as always. And it's the same thing with like Final Fantasy Online. Those it's sort of it's sort of reached like a uh, Eve sort of level of uh, but you can't survival. Yeah, you, can't, you can't copy and paste and and just change the skins and expect the thing to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I'm really happy that they're trying, but no. Don't try. Go back to what you know. Go yeah. back to where it's safe. Go back to like what? Just I will like you again. First. Like what Cloud Chamber is doing. Do what you know. Hey, what's this next story say? So Final Fantasy VII, for those of you who don't know, is now the demo is now available right now. <gasps> really? For free right now. Download it you now know, on Thursday, the PlayStation Four store. Thursday would be a great day to watch someone play through that demo. It really would, wouldn't it? It would be the perfect. Day. Like later on this week, that'd be yeah. That Thursday would be the perfect day to watch. That really, would. you know what? We'll probably be wearing these very same clothes. Isn't it crazy? So All everyone, right. I'll wear this shirt and jacket. You wear that shirt and jacket. Okay. You wear that shirt. I will be, and we'll this. meet back here yeah. on Thursday. Way to hold me to that deadline, but <laughs> <laughs> or. Friday or <laughs> go to your video and or hop around. Um, it's releasing April 10th, revolving around the Mako Reactor One bombing mission, and uh, any progress in the preview will not be carried over to the full game. So players who download the demo before May 11th will get an exclusive PS4 theme. Mute that. But uh, you will see a video to where we kind of Mystery Science Theater 3000 this uh, gameplay demo. And uh, it's going to be on the YouTube uh, for your viewing pleasure later on. It was a really great playthrough. I watched it earlier. I watched it again right before this podcast. I mean, in the future. And uh, I'm, really, I'm really impressed with it, man. Uh, it was a lot of fun playing this game. I decided to just run through it to see how far I would get and... You know, I it, it held me for that for that full hour I was playing and invested in it. It held me, and it takes a lot, you know. Um, you know, Connor in the background saying it's too loud. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I would just wanted to enjoy the moment. He's like, "Daddy, I can't watch my show." Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, "Son, I don't care." <laughs> this is Final Fantasy, Connor. We don't care. <laughs> but I'm I'm really impressed with all the gameplay. Everything with the graphics looks amazing and stunning. They still kept to the overarching bone of the story. Yes. With this demo. Showing you off that moment. The instant moment when you fell in love with this game. They're letting you try it out. And they're just giving you the tip. They're just giving you the tip. Just to get a little wet. And they know you're going to buy it on April 10th. Feels like 1996 all over again. (laughs) So the next story is actually kind of... I'll call it cool. 
Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake will be handing out DLCs to fans, but not how you think. They're going to be handing them out through Butterfingers. Butterfinger bars. Okay. Nobody better lay a finger on Cloud's Butterfinger. Uh, because uh, Butterfingers and the Final Fantasy VII website will be going live March 3rd at 12 p.m. Eastern Time and will allow players who purchase Butterfingers, Baby Ruth, or Crunch Bars free DLC uh, by sending a photo of the barcodes. You cannot claim the DLC until the game is out for PlayStation 4 on April 10th and uh, will not extend outside of America. It's not clear on what kind of DLC you will be able to unlock, but... Butterfinger's website shows several cosmetic items as well as a Tifa Lockhart PS4 theme. Now, it's limited to one receipt upload per day and one offered item per person. So you can't get two Tifa, you know. It's just a theme. Yeah, you can't get two Tifa themes. It's a dynamic theme for your PlayStation load up screen. And you're getting it through Butterfingers. I mean, as much as I would love to have that as my. I'll buy a Crunch Bar. They're the same company, and I still get a code. I don't know. I like Butterfingers. They're all right. You're getting your teeth, though. So, um, the next game is Riot Games. While they may be um, settling for a couple hundred million dollars for some sexual allegations, they're coming out with a new game. That was a story I... Just kind of let go by the wayside, but we'll focus on the gaming. Riot reveals uh, Valorant, a free-to-play first-person shooter coming summer 2020. Uh, Riot unveiled their mysterious Project A, which we have been, they have been leaking out some information on Project A. Now we know it's called Valorant. It's a 5v5 tactical first-person shooter, which teams uh, fight uh, fighters in the, be- uh, the best of 24 series of gunfights. Attack vs. Defender. Um, in this one, you see that like cloud, marshmallowy, rainbow, jello, whatever. It's kind of like uh, Seek and Destroy, where okay. you have to disarm the bomb. Um, it's And now they are going to have... There's no spe- uh, specifics on who you will be playing as, but Riot says... By their lawyer, probably. It will feature (laughs) a diverse cast of hypernatural, battle-ready agents from the real-world cultures and locations, each of them with their own unique special abilities. Some are uh, comparing the game to look like Overwatch meets uh, Counter-Strike. But being released for the PC Master Race in the summer of 2020, uh, precise shooting, lethal gunplay, and strategic execution first person shooter. So, you know if I play this game, you're going to be on my team just so you can get the easy win, right? Oh, that's because I'm not going to play it. That's exactly why. But, I I actually do want to check this one out. Um, It looks interesting. You have those different abilities, like the bow you see there uh, with their different characters. Having that, uh, you know, CSGO kind of vibe to it, mixing it with Overwatch, that that seems like a, a pretty good recipe. I think that could be pretty fun. You know, it's, um, it's definitely interesting. You know, other games have tried this before with the different kind of characters, like um, the free to play. I forget the name of, but there's a lot of um, a lot of promise into tactical shooters. 
because there's a big market for it. You know, you have the Rainbow well, I mean, Six, it's, it's, it's you better, have the CSGO, but there's not a lot of tactical shooters that are popular. It's better to see a game that is a unique IP. You know, we, we go through waves of different IPs, like, you know, back in, you know, in the 2000s, we had Quake, we had Unreal Tournament, Unreal Championship, you know, mm. Unreal Tournament 2004, 2008, now we have, yeah. you know, Unreal Tournament 3 was the last one. And then that series has kind of faded off. Mm-hmm. And then, then you know, it, with the advent of the 360, we had Gears of War, and now Call of Duty, and Battlefield, Bad Company, and Battlefield 1, and 5. Yeah. You know, it's, There's a, so a lot of them out there. that come through with, with first-person shooters. Um, I'm definitely liking how this one looks. Um, the next story is a little bit of hope, but a big bit of cock tease. Um, NetMarvel and Marvel Games announced a new open-world RPG Marvel game. That sounds great, right? It's for mobile. Yeah. Play the trailer. Full screen that, bitch, because it looks good. It's comprised from in-game footage. You see Captain America in there. It's coming out. uh, This footage is coming out of PAX East, which is a conference that did not get canceled because of Corona. At least Captain America kind of looks like Captain America. Not Bob from your local garage. Yeah. A little bit of Inception. Doctor Strange action there with the New York City folded on top of each other. But um, Marvel Future Revolution is an open-world multiplayer RPG featuring some of the big names for the game's initial four-player characters, playable characters, uh, Spider-Man, Captain America, Doctor Strange, and Captain Marvel. The two companies also announced some villains like Mordok, Red Skull, Green Goblin, Yellow Jacket, Red Goblin, and Baron Mordo. Uh, we'll see the folded New York City with uh, a bunch of... The game will feature what's called the, uh, the Convergence, which is where they're dipping into the multiverse with the alternative versions of the uh, heroes. Okay. Like, and I believe right around here you start to see alternative Spider-Man the Spider-Punk Spider-Man from the Marvel game, the Sony game. Um, and you start to see they're go- where they're going with their alternative versions. They're trying to t- uh, bring in brand new takes on the existing characters, as well as uh, Net Marvel. This is not their first foray into Marvel mobile games. They also have uh, one other like it, uh, which it'll probably make this one just like that one, free to play with in-app purchases as well. Uh, no release date on this, but... It looks good, especially an open-world mobile RPG. There's, like, Black Desert Online has a mobile version, as well as Raid, and a couple other game mobile games take on this kind of open-world aspect now that our phones have the processing power for these kind of things. Yeah, I just don't like games that require in-app purchases to, to On to the survive. mobile phone, you got to just assume that that's going to be there. But I'm honestly... When it comes out, I'll, 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 I'll play it. You know, I'm not going to buy anything on it, but I'll play it for free. You know? <laughs> great graphic, great graphics, or graphics, whatever you That's like. That's the to way pronounce. to go. And, you know. Go with the graphics. Open world RPG. That might be the title right <laughs> that there. That is the title. Go with the graphics. Go with um, the graphics. <laughs> but. Pop the car. I really, I, I really like that one, so that's why I wanted to add it in there. Mobile games, you can't, I can't get enough of. You know, I play Clash Royale all the time. You know, uh, Black Desert Online, Assassin's Creed. 
Mm. Their mobile game is really dope. It is fantastically fun. So you can get a lot of time-wasting fun out of these games. So for an end segment this week, I wanted to pick a little bit of fun here. Some of the weirdest actual presidents that were uh, rendered in games. Conduit 2, you have, uh, you can play the footage there, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln uh, showing up in there. I'm not familiar with Conduit 2. Is that one you've uh, done your wheelhouse through? No, but I'm pretty sure we can find it online. I'm pretty sure it's just a sh- uh, like a FPS. <coughs> and naturally, you know, you'd have uh, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Oh, there, there they are. Okay. Okay. With some badass <laughs> cyber armor. Codename right. Steam has uh, President Lincoln. Very comic book esque. Mercenaries. Mercenaries. Too. Mercenaries 2 had Barack Obama and uh, press X to push on his face there. You don't get Obamacare. Uh, <laughs> he that was a two like a two dollar DLC apparently. And of course, everybody remembers John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon in uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah, with the zombies. Yeah. With the zombies, that was amazing. And this one, NBA Jam. Scroll up a little bit. Uh, George W. Bush and Barack Obama, and of course, Democratic presidential uh, nominee Joe Biden. And you had Dick Cheney in there as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, for NBA Jam, you know, Dick Cheney. Oh, getting some dunks. George Bush showing the burn. Oh, behind the back. Yeah, so presidents in gaming. I mean, I think we need more of this. I would even yeah. love a presidential fighting game. You know, let yeah. me, you know, uh William Taft fight, you know, uh, Henry Hoover. <laughs> this trailer is hilarious. Hillary Clinton. Not Herbert Hoover, Henry Hoover. Well, I say it was Herbie Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> and funny you mentioned Bill Clinton. Scroll on down there because you'll actually see the next one. Ready to Rumble got Bill Clinton in the boxing ring. Now that I'm mentioning fighting, Ready to Rumble to boxing was a fun game. That was that was what N64, N64 and PlayStation Two. Except the uh, thing. Uh, N64 was the first Ready the Rumble. And boom, Bill Clinton throwing them hands. And then he spelled out Rumble. Bill, actually, he's getting his bell rung. And then this one, Bush Shootout. This was the miniclips.com game I have played. It is absolutely... It was a time waster game. That's it. Scroll back up. Um, it was a time-waster game, but it was so much fun. It had three different levels there, your difficulties, and it, it was fantastic. It was one of those just kind of point-and-click games, but before, you know, you really had it was Steam a- and all that really pop power in that, Miniclip was a good time-waster at work. Yeah. Like, well, let me go on Miniclip.com, play a couple games. That's yeah. not blocked by the, uh, you know, by the internet protection. Let me hop on that. Flash player, man. Yeah. But Flash Player is gone. Gone like the wind. 
So uh, that was our end segment for this week. We're saving some content for a live podcast happening Wednesday at the Game and DVD Exchange. What the fuck are you looking up? Bubble wrap? <laughs> no, there's a bubble wrap game that's still active on the internet. You can just pop oh yeah, pop bubble wrap. Okay, that, that's well that's it. a lot less weird. So we want to go to the thank yous here. I want to thank uh, Ovi Vavia and Demetrius Mosteros for commenting on this uh, podcast, Dimitri. But Avia and uh, Dimitri liked podcast number uh, 98. Oh my God, is that Rutledge Wood? (laughs) (laughs) And we see here Juliet Tango Tracks reposted and liked podcast number 96. Lugnuts, Special Colors, Infotainment. Uh, raprepost.com reposted po- uh, podcast number 96 Lugnut special, uh, Specialized Colors Infotainment as well as we thank Kevin and Bob and Rory and put the clicker on those likes there for this podcast up at the top where, where, where? right there down there we go April Everett Rory Carroll Demetrius and Noni Taha Thank you all for watching and listening. We appreciate all you wall jangers. We're going to see everybody coming out there on March 4th, Wednesday night at the Gaming DVD Exchange at 23 East State yes. Street in Media PA for a live hype event for the Comic Con. We're going to talk to Mark. we got some other nerdy news to discuss as well. And uh, myself, Christopher Bristow, Big Brother, and Kelly Collins will all be live at the podcast. We're hoping to get and Matthew Kennedy. Others. Yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping to get Matthew waiting. Kennedy, Teddy Schools, and others to involve, get involved as all well. We all want to hang out with you wall jangers and make sure that you uh, you know get the chance to be involved with the podcast. And uh, just like scroll over to our website, you can contact us over at pjandwh.com. Website. Back. Website. PJNWH.com. Contact us. Let us know your name, your email, your message. Find us on all the social medias on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Sorry, I was and Instagram. The YouTube will be having other special uh, features such as the Matt Plays, uh, Walljanger Theater, and other different great content we're going to try to come out to you. Yeah, Kelly, uh, Kelly wants to do his own um, you know our, our Kelly plays. He could call it Tweakers. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. no, no right. No. We're not going with Tweakers. No. Uh, we get wrong, sending the wrong message there. Wilsons. No. 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 We'll, we'll think of something for for Kelly as well. As Big Brother's working on a Skyrim YouTube project. we got a lot of great content coming to you here for 2020. We're going to continue the movement process forward. Always forward, as Luke Cage says. And, uh, as always, this is a long, drawn-out goodbye. This is the Triforce Podcast, number 99. I am Matthew Bugrell, the Matt Man. To my right is Christopher Bristow, the old man. To my left, Stephen Bugrell, big brother, and Link Diablo Bugrell as our hero of time and mascot. We thank you all for watching. And as always, boys and girls, game on! We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We love love you, you, Teddy, but shut the fuck up. I'm Cloud Imperium. Cloud Chamber. Too many clouds. Kim's gonna bone you. You have a Mark Hamilton. Get into like a fucking World War II code breaker. Zero zero one three seven eight nine four two eight seven J. Roger, Roger. It's, they run along the thing. Isn't it crazy? So right. everyone, I'll wear this shirt and jacket. You wear that shirt and jacket. Okay. You wear that shirt, and we'll, and we'll meet back here. Pizza, hold on. Pizza, thank you. About to shut it off. Oh God. And, and.
scroll down in the article, it actually says a little bit of the inners here. Let's see. Uh, 1996. Let's see here. 16. This is great for live podcasts. Yeah, it is. 85 to 2005. So that was Mike Eisner's uh, reign, which was 84 to 2005. Scroll up. It's in there somewhere. Um, So... So that's a lot of perjangers flowing around because we're going to be kicking up. It's a lot of perjanging. Yeah, my uncle's a dick, not a restaurateur. <laughs> oh, wow, we are recording. <laughs> <laughs>